What's up, everybody? Thank you for listening. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you wanted to pursue a goal or try something new and outside of your comfort zone, but you didn't out of fear of failing, of what others might think or say, or because simply you were afraid of looking bad? I think we've all experienced this at some point. The problem with this type of fear is that it can keep us confined to our comfort zones and prevent us from reaching our true potential. So how do we stand up to this fear? My guest today has some great advice on how to do more than just stand up to our fears. My name is Amy Bream and I'm a kickboxer. I conquered my fear of going to the gym by as simple as it sounds, just showing up. I literally made jokes about it, like I could never kickbox, I have one leg. One of the trainers at the boxing gym approached me and said, I want to teach you how to kick. So that first session, I was so self-conscious. I was frustrated, but we still practiced kicking, and I was a lot better by the end of the session. And I guess I made a face or something, and he said, my favorite part about training you is just seeing the look on your face when you realize that you did something that you thought was impossible before. And that was that moment for me where I was like, you can do so much more than you ever think that you actually physically could. Amy Bream didn't just face her fears, she kicked them square in the face. Today, we're going to talk about gradually stepping outside of your comfort zones, being willing to go back to the drawing board, and why attitude is everything. I'm Anthony Robles, and welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. What does unstoppable mean to you? Unstoppable is just, a, is just a mindset and a way of life. I think it's just uh, not being, being afraid to fail. Relentless. I can accomplish anything I want to accomplish when I set my priorities right, when I walk with God, and when, again, I, I live with that mindset, being the best that I can be at every moment. I think there's nothing more powerful on earth than the human will. Anthony Robles has shown us that impossible is nothing. Anthony Robles is a national champion. You're listening to the Unstoppable Podcast with Anthony Robles, brought to you by Safe Streets. Please welcome today's special guest, Amy Bream. Hey everyone, before we start this episode, I'd like to take a moment to recognize our sponsor. When it comes to protecting your family, be unstoppable. Don't cut corners with your smart home security. Call my friends at Safe Streets. They'll evaluate your unique security and automation needs, all while delivering a five-star customer experience. Get your free quote today. Call 844-980-SAFE. That's 844-980-7233. All right, Amy, good morning. Welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Uh, my pleasure. It's truly an honor to be able to speak with you today. So I've, I've been really excited for, for this moment. <laughs> Me too. I, I second that very much so. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. I mean, with all the technology and everything, I've never had the opportunity to actually speak to someone who was also born missing their leg. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just it's it's just a crazy thing. So I, I was just really looking forward to seeing kind of, you know, your upbringing and your thoughts and everything. So can you just take me back to, I mean, when you were born, were the doctors expecting you to be born missing your leg or? They weren't actually. My parents had no clue. So I'm the youngest of four. Um, it's funny. We always joke. My dad thought I was going to be a boy and they're going to name me <laughs> Caleb. And they had a girl and she was missing a leg. <laughs> so a little two surprises that day. 
Um, but yeah, they didn't know my parents though. They just jumped right in. I'm from a small town in Pennsylvania. So not like a ton going on, but we're close to Hershey PA. Um, and they have a really good hospital there. So they just kind of took it in stride. And when it was time for me to learn how to walk, they just strapped on a prosthesis. And, um, I had obviously, you would know this, a very regular appointments, any like growth spurts, anything just knew the doctor's office very, very well. Um, so yeah, I've, it's funny you say, I, I actually didn't meet anyone with a birth defect as well until I was like 24. And it was yeah. as I was getting a prosthesis and it was like on purpose. It didn't wow. just happen. So yeah, we hear a lot about amputees, but birth defects, it's pretty rare. Yeah, it definitely is. And, and it's interesting because I was the same. The doctors didn't expect me to be born missing my leg. And it's funny because they actually told my mom that I was supposed to be a girl. <laughs> so, <Really>? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Yeah, you know they, got, they got a couple of things wrong there, but yeah. <laughs> You know, I was the oldest of five and I just remember kind of growing up having that family support. And I think that's just awesome that you had that. And for me, I believe that was the key just mentally, right? It's like, because everybody can see the, the, the physical challenge, the outward challenge. But for, I think for me personally, it was more of the mental challenge that I had to overcome more so than anything else. So can you relate to that or is it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Especially when you have it from such a young age, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's one side of it that feels like a blessing because you don't know anything else. So you don't yeah. know the pain of like phantom limb pain or of, of knowing what it was like and then losing it. But then on the other side of it, you fight that bitterness of, well, I don't know what that feels like, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so when you hit middle school and high school and all of those milestones, you're just living in all parts of life with that. Um, so yeah, it definitely like, Physically, it's challenging, but I think when you have it from birth, you just overcome without even realizing that you're overcoming it. It's people, mm -hmm. you know, will look and be like, oh, pistol squats. Like, to me, that's just a squat. That's what I've done yeah. since I was a baby, you know, like that's not a big deal. Um, but overcoming the emotional and mental aspects of it was much more challenging. Yeah. And then I agree with you. It's just like when, when it's what you know, when, when you've always known that, it's, it's easy because your brain just kind of takes over and says, okay, how can I do this? It's like, how do I figure this out? Right. You kind of see yeah. it as a puzzle. And yeah. that's how I was kind of, I guess, you know, my mom, my family, the upper, and you just trained me. It's like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to figure this out, do it differently, like riding a bike or whatever. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and it, I, I understand exactly what you were talking about when you said you're growing up and you kind of asked your questions like, like, you know, why you're thinking, what if, or, you know, I wish and, and things like that. And that, that's definitely, it's hard, especially at that age, you mm -hmm. know, when you want to fit in. And uh, so that's something that I, I know I struggled with was just that self-confidence and being able to be comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. Um, like, like how, how was it for you just kind of going through those middle school, junior high age times? Yeah. Um, thankfully, I had a really good friend group. Um, sorry if you hear noise in the background. It's my dog. I, need to think hey, I, I got four Rottweilers. No worries. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> drinking water but um for me I had a really good friend group I was I was very like I'm a musician so mm. for me I like very much avoided sports and was in music so as long as I was in my comfort zone I was fine mm. like I've always had a sense of humor that's having siblings you know if it was just me and my parents my parents are very loving and encouraging but my mom probably would have coddled me a little bit too much uh -huh. my siblings were there to be like she's fine make mm. her do it you know and yeah. um so I, I've had that attitude since, you know, being a toddler um, and kind of gotten kicked in the butt when I needed it. Um, but I would say I just 
was okay not making myself uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I always saw athletics and I wanted to play sports. um, But for me, I just shied away from that. So my way of like handling it was just not to talk about it. When Mm -hmm. people would ask me about my leg and I've had a prosthesis with a cosmetic cover since, you know, I didn't go without the cover until I was like 24. Hmm. Um, and so people could tell that something was wrong, but they couldn't always tell that it was a prosthesis. So I got a lot of questions, hated the questions, you know, yeah. like I was easily just kind of like, leave me alone. I want to be a normal kid yeah. um, without fully understanding that people weren't trying to be um, insulting. They were just, they were curious. They want to make sure I was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that realization came with time and, you know, maturity and talking to my friends and my family through it but um it wasn't bad I just never really challenged myself when I felt uncomfortable yeah, it kind of stayed in that, that comfort zone and mm-hmm. I mean I I do understand that you know and I, I was a little differently from it was different for me because you know I, I I felt like sports were my comfort zone because it was kind of my way of like almost kind of forgetting that I had one leg and also just yeah. you know showing people that it didn't matter that I had one leg you know what I mean mm-hmm. uh, but then like off the wrestling matter, off the football field, when I was in the classroom, that's when the, the self-confidence issues for me really kind of kicked into high gear. It's yeah. like, you know, because I, I don't know about you, but for me, I, I tried a prosthetic when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but it was just so uncomfortable. I, I just remember not wanting to stick with it. So like, yeah. I would take it off and hide it whenever I could. And so I got, I got onto the crutches and that was it. Right. Yeah. 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 So I, and I just you remember know. hearing the clicking. What's that? Yeah. I was going to say, I was like the way that you get around in crutches. I'm amazed. I watch. Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> just like breathing. Can you just do it? It's very impressive. I was never, I, I hated crutches. I was like, give me the leg, really? throw away the crutches. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we were opposite there. I, I, cause I admire you on your prosthetic right now. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm getting married in November. So I'm putting the prosthetic back on. Oh, thank you. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm walking with a cane with the prosthetic. Like I literally have like a track around my house. I'm like moving around and I'm, I'm stumbling. And then I see you online. You're like, you're kicking with that. I mean, it's like, man, that's amazing. I need to, I need to get some lessons from you. <laughs> it's, it's everything takes practice, whatever it is. You just take yeah. practice. So True. yeah. Every single cool. day, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. You can say that again. <laughs> so, you know, we're just talking about, you know, those comfort zones and how it was different for both of us. So, I mean, looking on your social media, I mean, you're skiing, you're, you're weightlifting, you're kickboxing. So like, where did that confidence come from to like step outside of that comfort zone and start trying these new challenges? So I always tell people like, it was very gradual. Um, and my family always told me to be confident. It was like one of those, like I had the best supportive environment for it. I just never really believed it. And I guess like I, I had a moment where it was a very real conversation with my brother-in-law when I was a sophomore in college. And he was like, you know, you don't, and he just called me out on it. He was like, you don't, you don't, you're not confident with boys. You're not confident in how you carry yourself. Like you joke about it, but I can tell that you're, it's kind of like a, a wall when it comes to certain subjects. And I was mm-hmm. self-pitying myself. And he was just like, no. And, and it was just a very real conversation where he was like, People react to you. If you want to do something, you go in confidently and they'll see that and react to that. If you're uncomfortable, they're going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I moved to Nashville, um, it was time to get a new prosthesis. And I had a conversation with an amputee and she was like, you're like active. You should start doing more things. And mm-hmm. I wasn't in any familiar territory. So I was already mm-hmm. uncomfortable. So I was like, I might as well just go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a new prosthesis made and was 
re- like I way underestimated how difficult it would be because I was like, I want to be on, like, I want to be active, more active than I am now. And I had just started going to title boxing, which is just like a workout gym with boxing. And it was the first workout that I could do that was like just me. I didn't feel like I was letting a team down if I was slow on my prosthesis or anything. So it's just like, just me doing my thing. And um, I loved it. So then at the same time I went to get my prosthesis, I was like, I'm doing this boxing thing. Like I want to get better. Um, so they had me take off my cosmetic cover and they had me change how I attached the leg to my body, mm-hmm. which was like really, really difficult. <laughs> it was really painful. I'd gone 23 years with like a, a belt and it was like, I was excited to move on to something else, but it was, it was just a, a process. So, um, all of that to say, like, it was just gradual, small changes like that, that I hated the leg and then I didn't hate the leg. So I kept doing that. Like mm-hmm. boxing was fun. I slowly started getting boxing. So I did it. I did that. And then one of the trainers, I switched to another location that was closer to my house at the time. And one of the trainers saw me and he's like, I'm going to teach you how to kickbox. And I laughed. I was like, okay, that's cute. Like, I was like, I cannot balance. You don't understand the balance on the prosthesis. Like there's no yeah. way. And he was like, no, he's like, you have the strength for it. You just like you at that time, he, he was the first trainer that was willing to say, your technique is okay. It could mm-hmm. be a lot better. And like the leg is an excuse. Like we're yeah. actually, gonna, you're going to get better with this. So, um, I learned how to kick. And like the moment that I did that, it was like a light bulb that was like, I thought this was impossible. It's not impossible. So what else have I said no to that I could be doing? Mm. So it just, I tried a ton of things um, like rock climbing, water sports, skiing. I'm still doing like, I'm still trying, wanting to try all these things. And that's what brought me to weightlifting too. Cause I had the same attitude about weightlifting. So here that's I awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, for, I mean, that's awesome for so many reasons. I mean, I, I love how you're, you're blessed with people around you who, you know, in a way called you out, but really just they challenged you, right? Just just to kind of reach your full potential and kind of step out of that that shell. Mm-hmm. And I like how you said it, it's gradual steps because that's that's so true. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think there's so many people out there who kind of deal with self-confidence issues, even though most might not know it. You know, we all have certain things, but it's like, you know, when you take that first step outside of that comfort zone, it, it just, it feels like a plunge, right? It feels like, oh man. Mm-hmm. But like, once you do it and you realize it's just little steps, right? Little, yeah. little steps every single day. And then, you know, just like, just like working out, right? It's like, you're not going to be able to lift the heaviest dumbbell in the, the gym yeah. first day. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? yeah. You do. So you take one step and you're like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought. I could probably mm-hmm. do a little more tomorrow. And it just, eventually you're like, I'm doing a lot more. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, that's how you build that confidence. I, I I love that, and you know, so you mentioned your kickboxing and, and and meeting this new coach who who challenged you and said you can you can do this, you can do better. And so, what was that experience like? Um, like when you first started actually kicking on that prosthetic? Because like I said, man, I'm I'm walking around the house. There are certain times where that leg just buckles underneath yeah. me, and I'm like catching myself on the cane. So how did yeah. you how did you how did you do that? Um, for us, it was a lot of balance practice. Um, mm-hmm. For me too, it was just with kicking, it was getting over my ego because mm-hmm. I had used a prosthesis for a long time. So I had pretty good balance. I, I have pretty good balance, but um, it was definitely a different kind of balance, balancing on your prosthesis instead of on your residual limb. I can do, or I can do my rear leg all day long, just mm-hmm. my prosthesis. Um, so I literally like, I would hold onto a rope. I'd grab onto him because I'd fall all the time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I started, I would just tell him like, Hey, like, I think my leg's about to buckle because we do balance exercises where I go off of my prosthesis and he would hold my rear leg mm-hmm. and I'd have to tighten my core and stay as still as possible. And I could only do it for like a couple seconds here and there. Um, but he would, I'd be like, Hey, it's going to fall. And so he'd catch me. Mm-hmm. And like, that's like, like for me, it was just about trusting, getting over my ego of people watching if they were walking by and being okay with that. Um, once I like stopped thinking about everyone else watching, it was like, this is just what I have to do to mm-hmm. learn. And eventually like I could hold it a little longer. And, um, the trainer was really good about meeting me where I was at. So of course, when he started kicks, he would help bring the pads almost to my leg. So it was barely really kicking. Mm-hmm. And then just after every few weeks or every month, he'd be like, okay, now you need to do this now. Like this is going to be the next step in challenge. So and I, people see, you know, Instagram things and they're like, oh, like, that's cool. She did it. But I took hours of practice alone, practicing. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, any kind of difficult change. It's easy to say you want it, but there's so many hours that you have to put in when no one realizes what you're doing. I'm sure mm-hmm. you hundred percent understand that. Um, so I had just started working at the gym actually at that time, like I had a a full-time job and I just started working weekends for fun. And so they said I could work out on my own. So I'd work on the weekend and then I'd close the gym and go to the bag alone and just practice kicking over and over. And eventually it clicked. It really does. Like you can be absolutely terrible at something Hmm. and if you put enough of the right practice in you're gonna get good. (laughs) It's gonna happen. Like something's going to happen. Even if you're not the best at it, you're not going to be bad at it anymore. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Uh, Well said. And I agree with you hundred percent. And that's, that's a great point that you said about, you know, people don't really realize all the hard work you put into it, right? The price you actually pay, they only see the beginning when you say you want to do it. And then the end of the journey, when you reach it, when you accomplish it, but there's so much in between like you said, right? It's those days when, you, when you're in there in the gym alone, putting in the time when you're struggling, but that's what makes it, uh, what makes you successful, right? That's what makes it, what makes it worth it is the hard work that you put into it. And with that self-confidence, it evolves, you know, as you're going, as you're putting in the time and effort. And uh, that, that's just a great lesson to learn. It's like, you know, yeah, it's great to have the dream, but if you want to make it a reality, then you got to be willing to put in the in-between time, right? Yeah, yeah 100%. Hey, everyone. I hope you're enjoying this episode. Before we get back to it, I'd like to take a moment to recognize our sponsor. Staying safe is more important now than ever before, which is why Safe Streets is one of my favorite companies. Safe Streets is the only authorized provider of ADT monitoring in the country, making them industry experts in home security and automation. Right now, Safe Streets has a special offer for our audience. Get a free doorbell camera and $100 Visa gift card with new system activation and installation. To reserve your Safe Streets offer today, call 844 844- 980-SAFE. That's 844-980-7233. And and so I know, you know, a little while ago, you had mentioned the prosthetic and, you know, trying to get it, uh, you know, adapted so that you could be more active. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know, you know, from the experience of it, of the prosthetic and getting the socket to fit right, how uncomfortable that is, how, how much of a frustrating process that is. And so not only are you, you know, you're learning to kick on this prosthetic leg, but also you had to get the prosthetic uh, set up so that it could actually fit and do what you wanted it to do. So what was that process like of just like, you know, going through the frustrations of getting the prosthetic the right way? Oh man, socket. I get probably questions about the socket from amputees on Instagram more than anything else. And it's, it's so 
like it's painful for me to tell them it's like I know and it's probably not going to be an easier process like eventually you'll get kind of a rhythm but it this sucks for every person going through it because mm-hmm. no one person can have the same socket like it it's there's so many ways to do it so when I got my prosthesis made I had up until that point this was like four years ago I had had um probably six actually but I had a test belt so just like really easy straps on the socket, a belt goes around my waist and it's Velcro. So it's, mm-hmm. it was easy. It wasn't too uncomfortable. Um, there was, it's kind of more of an old school way of attaching the prosthesis. And when I told the um, pros or my prosthetist at the time, like I wanted to be more active, he was like, you really need something like suction. That's what most people do. Mm-hmm. And it's going to allow the prosthesis to be so attached to your body that you can you can be active and it will follow you wherever you go. That's why I could kick. I, I couldn't have ever kicked with a test belt. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started that process and it was a lot of just figuring out like for, I don't know if you've ever found this, but because I had a birth defect, um, I have PFFD. So like my, or my stump isn't like a clean cut. And so a lot of the challenge too with the socket is making sure that I don't hurt my residual limb as they pull mm-hmm. suction. So it's always like a creative, like, how are we going to cast this? How are we going to like suction her skin without hurting the limb? Um, And so when I did that, the first couple of weeks, I got my leg, I was excited and I like hated it. I was Mm. sweating so much. I remember trying to go, like I was shopping, like at like a little strip mall. And after an hour, like I couldn't keep the leg on, I was sweating. I was tired. I was frustrated. I was like, there's no way I can live in this. Like, Mm. there's no way. Um, and I felt like I took so many steps back. And so I went back to the doctor. I'll never forget this appointment. And I was expecting him to be like, Oh, like, I'm so sorry. You know, like, (laughs) and I was like, I was ready to let him have it. I was like, this is the worst. Get it off me. Like we have to figure out something else. I'm in pain. Um, and he was like, well, how many hours did you say you were wearing it when you started? It's like, like one. And he was like, well, what are you doing now? I was like, well, I'm up to like nine, but it's fine. And there's 24 <laughs> hours in a day. And I usually wear it for like 18. And, you know, and he's like, okay, well, you just said a couple of weeks ago it was one and now it's nine. So I know it sucks, but you should probably just keep going. And I was livid. Like, I just <laughs> stared at him. I was like, first of all, you have two legs. Second of all, you know, like I like want to get on my pedestal about it. And I just, I was quiet in the appointment. Cause I'm like, not a super confrontational person. I'm just like uh, seething inside. And then I went home. I like, like was with my roommate. I like hashed it all out. And she's like, I know it sucks, but he, he's probably right. And so I just kept going. And I was like, he was right. I wanted to punch him in the face. Maybe he could have said it nicer, but he was right. And like, then now there's like things that are uncomfortable. And we even like, I I have had one more prosthesis made since then. And I was with a different um, prosthetist. And thankfully at that point, I had had the socket for almost three years. And so I was like, these are the challenges. This is what I don't like about it. So when we had the new leg made, it wasn't quite so new. And they like, fixed the problems before they were problems if that makes sense so I mean that process like I didn't really get my socket and even now it's not perfect but I like know how it will work and the challenge is ahead of time but that took like three four years for us to like get a system and two different doctors so Uh it's just like 
it's part of it. Like it, it might not take someone that long. Hopefully it doesn't, but like, it is like, I do understand it's sucky, but you kind of have to go through it. So yeah. no, that, that's an awesome answer. And I mean, there's so many life lessons that we can all take from whether you're wearing a prosthetic leg or not. Right. I mean, it's like three, you said three or 40 years. I mean, there's so many times in between that where you can be like, okay, forget it. You know, then yeah. I'm, I'm done. But it's like, you know, slow progress is progress. We constantly have to remind ourselves that, right? It's like, we might not be where we want to be as fast as we want to get there, but it's like, Hey, look at the little things that you're doing, right? The little progress moments that you're making. And also you said, just going back to the drawing board, you know, I think that's just, that's always been the, that question in your mind. It's like, how can I do this? Right. It's it's not like I can't, it's like, Oh, I can't because I have to wear prosthetic or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. like, you have to have this mentality of, how can I do this? You know, like, let's go back to the drawing board. Okay. What's not working. What is working? Let's build on this, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what un- unstoppable is. And I think that's, that's a mentality. So many people need to remind themselves to have, right? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, so looking on your, your social media, I think it's awesome. You know, I mean, you're so positive and, and inspirational and you're motivating on there, right? I think you're using that platform um, for the right reasons. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people who don't, you know, and I'm, I'm sure I don't even need to give examples. I mean, yeah, but I mean, you know, can you just share like why that's so important to you to use the social media platforms that you, you have just for positivity and, and to inspire others out there? Yeah, it's funny. I, when I started, like I started my page and my friends convinced me to do it. They're like, you should just start sharing your story. Like you have more of a story than you think. And I think because I've, I've never had an amputation, I've always downplayed it a little bit. Um, of like, well, I don't know if they had some limb pain, like it's really not that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, well, you don't have to be like negative. You don't have to be like, what was me? Just like talk about your life. And so when I started it, it was actually more for like non-amputees in my mind of I think prosthetics are really cool. Um, and it's a really interesting subject. But if you've never been around someone with a prosthesis, you don't know how to like, have a conversation that's not really awkward mm-hmm. um, because it can be a very sensitive subject. So I was like, I'll just, it's almost like just raising awareness, like talking about it, like sharing. And also like you can actually be fit and not just like, good job, you did it, but you can like be good, you know, mm-hmm. like, like I just wanted to start sharing all of that. And I think the positivity, I didn't like go into it thinking be extra positive. I was just like, you're going to show, you're going to be honest about both sides, but also mm-hmm. like, I've always kept the perspective because my family instilled this in me of like, there's always someone with a, a harder story than yours. There's always someone who's going to be like, like would want the movement that you have, would want you the health that you have, whatever. So um, that just kind of comes naturally, I guess. I, mm. Like kind of a tool saying that, like, oh, <laughs> but it. I mean, I just, I think I've. That's one thing that I'm really, really grateful for. Um, my leg because it's given me like a perspective and an empathy that most people don't have. It's one mm-hmm. of those things like, if you've never had your mobility taken away, you don't know how great your mobility is. You know, mm-hmm. um, and even like before I did it, I actually I broke my wrist my first year in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And um, then I, I ended up getting a, a tattoo over, I had to get surgery and I got a tattoo that just says small, it says humbled mm-hmm. because it made me realize I like whined so much about my leg. I'm never grateful for having two arms. 
-hmm. you know, and it's just one of those, like when you have those reminders every day, it's like, thank you for like the movement that I do have. Um, And I do like, sometimes, you know, you get people that message and you, you know, people want to say things like, oh, like this is my leg. And they kind of want like the little woe is me. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, like I get it. It's hard. Maybe your situation's harder than mine. Like, like that, that's a very real, but your attitude can cripple you or it can motivate you and whether or not you like it, sweetie, you're not, you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're still going to have one leg that won't change. So you have to change your attitude about it. That's, that's what you can control. If you can't control the leg, you can control what you do with it. Um, and that kind of just, that sparks everything that I do. I yeah. love that. You know, control your attitude. That, that, that's the key thing. That's the one thing we have power over in our lives, right? It's not the situations. It's not the obstacles. It's like, you know, how would we respond to those situations and the obstacles? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Amy, I mean, there's so many people out there who struggle with, you know, self-confidence issues. You know, they might be afraid to test their limits or, or be themselves. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're afraid of what others might think, you know? Yeah. So do you have any advice for those people out there who, who are just struggling? I always say one, take one small thing at a time. Don't discount the small things. Like I started saying, I literally set a reminder on my phone for positive affirmations and like spoke about, spoke directly to like my deep insecurities. Like would just, even if I didn't believe them, people underestimate the power of your words and what you say about yourself, whether or not you feel like it's making any difference. It was a small thing that I could control and do to help me be confident. So don't discount the small things. Um, and also realize that, uh, most people feel like you do. (laughs) I think when I, and in any situation, if I'm looking at someone and sizing them up and judging them or assuming they're thinking of things like about me, whatever, I've created a story in my mind. And when I set that aside and consciously think this is your ego, you be the one to just be vulnerable and honest and chances are they're going to be like, Oh, thank goodness. Me too. You know? And like literally 99% of the time, that's what happens. Maybe 1% of the time they don't want to be honest and like, Oh no. And you don't want to be friends with them anyway. Walk away. You know, like (laughs) it's, but most of the time when you are, when you lay your pride aside and you're like, Hey, like I'm not confident. You find this community of like, Oh my gosh, me too. Like, let's talk about that. Like, what do you do? This is what I do. And it like, you know, the worst thing that can happen is you walk away and you're not friends and you already weren't friends because you weren't being real with them anyway. Mm. And then the best thing that can happen is you, you realize that you're not alone and you have a community of people that are just like trying to figure out life and be confident as you go. And uh, the more you do that, like the, the easier it is to do again. It's not going to feel like such a huge deal to be vulnerable with the next person or to be open, I should say, with the next person. I love that. Just that honesty and just being genuine. And you're right. You know, people, yeah, it's great when you have like the easy road and, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, talk down to people who have that. That's awesome. But, you know, I think for the most part, we can all relate to the struggles, right? We can all relate to to the the discomfort, to the the things that kind of make us, you know, uncomfortable in situations. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, you're absolutely right. Just being willing to open up about that, just being willing to kind of put yourself out there, people will respond to that for the mm-hmm. most part. Yeah. So, and Amy, you you've given such amazing advice today, and thank you so much for sharing your story. If it's okay with you, before I let you go, mm-hmm. uh, I have what I call the short time questions. 
And uh -huh. so it's just, it's three final questions. Basically, you know, I'll ask you and you fire off the first answer that comes to your mind. I'm ready. Here All go. right, here we go. All right. So first question, what's your favorite motivational book and or movie? Oh, Remember the Titans. Good movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Favorite motivational quote. Mm. This is supposed to be rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have it, we could skip it. Oh, I don't know if I have a quote. I think I always have like a mantra that I repeat in my mind, and that's always live by example. Live so, by example. I like that. Yeah. I like that. All right. Final question. What does unstoppable mean to you? Mm. Unstoppable means figuring out a way to do what you want to do and not letting your circumstances control you. It's, mm. it's like I always say on like Instagram, like your prosthesis doesn't get to dictate what you do. You decide and then you tell your prosthesis what it's going to help you do. Mm. Yeah. Awesome answer. And Amy, where can people find you if they want to support you and just kind of keep track of what you're up to? Yeah, so um, I'm mainly on Instagram. My handle is one leg to stand on, just like written out from the, the O-N-E to stand on. Um, I also have a blog. I'm not always the best at keeping up with it, but that's just, it's a one leg to stand on.com. Um, and that's where you can find me mostly on socials and hopefully, hopefully moving on to email us and things like that. But right now, social media is where it's at. <laughs> Sweet, sounds good. Well, Amy, Thank you again so much for your time. It's truly been a pleasure to just be able to, to speak with you today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it too. Thank you so much. It was great to virtually meet you. I've actually wanted to like meet you for a while, not to sound like a fangirl, but <laughs> I remember like I was my, the guys that I work with are a big fan of you. Um, and a lot of them are really into wrestling as well. They wrestled in nice. college. And so they told me about you. And so I looked it up and, you know, at some point I, you had followed me back and I was like, everyone, everyone look. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to virtually meet you. I'm I'm a big fan in in that I really admire your same uh, work ethic and, and what you do. So. Well, it, it's truly not. I'm a big fan of yours, and hopefully, you know, once this COVID stuff kind of slows down and things get back to normal, I'd love to meet you in person, and you know, maybe we can share a, a speaking event stage together someday. That'd be a, that'd be awesome. I would love that. Yeah, yeah awesome. definitely. Well, let's keep in touch. Thank you again. But yeah, no problem. Thank you, Anthony. Have a good All day. Right. You as well, Amy. Take care. Have fun at practice. Oh, I will. <laughs> Bye. I really enjoyed talking with Amy about her mindset and hearing about how she approaches life. She had some great advice. And what really stood out to me was when she said, your attitude can cripple you or it can motivate you. We've all had moments where we are frustrated because of setbacks that we encounter while pursuing a goal. If we really think about it, most of the time, we don't have much control over the setbacks that we face. So the next time you're having a bad day or things aren't exactly going in your favor, remember, we might not always be able to control the situation, but we can always control our attitude. And attitude, my friends, is everything. That's all for today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's episode is brought to you by Safe Streets, the leader in smart home security and automation and America's only ADT authorized provider. Safe Streets will help protect what you value most. To talk to an expert and get a free quote today, call 844-980-SAFE.
That's 844-980-7233. The Unstoppable Podcast is a production of Anthony Robles Enterprises, LLC, in partnership with A Really Good Home Podcasts. I'd like to thank my editor, Laura Batista, producer Katie Pulatunoff, and my senior producer, Andy Frazier. Special thanks this episode to the East Bay YouTube channel for the clip used of Amy Bream at the beginning of this episode of Amy Bream Conquered Her Doubts. Thank you everyone for listening. Have a great day and remember, be unstoppable.